don't you wish you had these powers where you could just know where the next hot suburb in Sydney is? We're going to talk about Brookvale and how that's changing. It's pretty incredible. Stay tuned. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Berger, Mark Novak, episode 458, Brookvale, the economic, as I, as I call it, the economic heartbeat of the Northern Beaches, employs over 15,000 people, 1,600 commercial properties. It's, um, it's sort of the back, my backyard when it comes to the day-to-day commercial property Brookvale's the centre, um, but even in my very short career of, what, nine years now, Brookvale is changing dramatically. I couldn't imagine how things seem like for you, Mark, with all your decades of experience and knowledge of Brookvale of, let's go, let's maybe go back. What was Brookvale, especially when your father did commercial real estate, what was, I don't know, the stigma, the Four thought, stables. Said Brookvale. What were they? Or stables with those big hay balls that go down the middle of the road. Well, yeah, you know what? There's there's a there's some good history there. Where sometimes you go through Brookie and you'll meet a family who lived there traditionally, like Orchard, um, Winborn, Mitchell, Sydenham Road. It's all commercial now, but they were homes. Uh, they were smack bang in the middle of the industrial area. Some of these old homes, but. You know, what a what a change it's seen. And you know what gets me about suburbs, guys and girls? Some of these suburbs are, like, so gritty, sometimes even not desirable, sometimes even uh, who would live there. Uh, and the next thing, you know, the, the next shit-hot thing, like, you know, Alexandria, um, you know, Redfern, um, uh, you know, uh, Newtown. These, there's just these, these areas you think, oh, my God, I wish I had the foresight, vision, knowledge, whatever it is, um, to actually invest in their suburbs before they became hipster or cool. Yeah, and I think the big push for Brookvale probably happened about five, six years ago, and we're seeing a lot of the results to that movement momentum now. Um, about five years ago, 2015, 16, the council announced basically a new master plan. They want to give Brookvale a facelift, change basically a lot from building heights to zoning. Um, they just, they've got a different vision for Brookvale for 20, 2040 um, compared to how it was seen in maybe 1960s. This was probably off the back of a very successful uh, change in DY. I, I don't think there's, you would, find many people who would be arguing that the master plan that was implemented, uh, and there's there's two parts to it. There's talking about a master plan, getting it approved, and then actually building it. So that, that can be a 30-year journey yeah. from, it, from it, A it to Z. It 20 to 30 years before the dream starts to seeing stuff happen around you. It's certainly a long haul. But you know what, guys? It's much easier for a council to take something that's broken and fix it than to take something that's not broken and try to fix it and convince the community. So 
I think a lot of these suburbs, the councillor has actually put in a lot of love and a lot of improvements and something that needs fixing. Um, if you tried to go into a really expensive suburb and tried to do stuff like a high-rise building or a shopping centre in the middle of a uh, really pretty suburb like Colorado Plato or uh, yeah. Narragain, or, you know, like it, it doesn't really resonate with the community. So all these hot suburbs that we're talking about over the last 10, 20, 30 years of Sydney's, they were not hot. And then councils come along and, and fix something that's wanted, been screaming out to be fixed. Land but also, it's a lot easier to turn somewhere like a Brookvale DY, which already was a town centre with mixed zoning from units to houses and shops, rather than uh, a full residential area like French's Forest, where it's almost like there's too much option and they don't know which way is the right way or the wrong way. But if you've already got density built up, it almost really makes your decision easier. It's like, okay, well, that's the centre. Now, if we want to get new buildings, we give further height or change the zoning. Um, we see, which is a common thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that for granted. Everyone, what Michael just said, um, it's that the common denominator when you see these suburbs fall from one thing to the next is what you just said. Height. Height's a big thing because a lot of the time it's got to make financial sense and a lot of the time, well, two things. You've used this analogy really well before. If you're thinking of an, an area like a circle and every time you go, you have the ring and then you go further out, imagine every time you have a ring, you need to put the infrastructure in, hospitals, schools, uh, medical centres, all of that there and if you want to increase the population you have two options you can go further out or you create a bigger density with the existing and it's generally a lot better to do higher existing like let's say brookvale which they want to do five thousand new people you either almost like extend brookvale or you do you basically go high and put more people um what's it called it's almost like vertical planning vertical planning yeah, so in the in the G20, when they were looking at doing urban planning, um, it was just an absolute fortune, um, the amount of infrastructure needed if you go out. So Kellyville, uh, you know, where, where uh, where's that new airport, airport going? Badgery Bay uh, or something, isn't it? Badgery's Creek and all those okay. areas. When you go out to those areas, you've got to put a shitload of schools, a shitload of shopping centres, a shitload of hospitals and stuff like that but when you stay in the core the center core and go dense you can just make the hospitals bigger and make the schools bigger much cheaper for a government much 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 yeah and like and i think a lot even like um the the power the water a lot of those big things which take huge planning and a lot of the time let's say if you need increased population you want to do it sooner rather than later with demand to it could be years before you can even start construction just because you need to know where the basics go. But if you're using the existing, you have solutions like Mark Warriorwood. Solution was most all new dwellings have to have a retention tank. So that's yep. why they can plug into the existing water system. They can build a high density, but they, there's always going to be troubles. You can work through that rather than try and rebuild the full Sydney water. Um, it's but true. Back, back, back to Brookvale. Yeah. 
Back to Brooklyn. Um, what, let's tell people the exciting news of what we're seeing in the master plan. This is big. I think with the movement I was saying five years ago where they see the master plan, they want to see more residential, more shop-top housing, um, basically coming away from your mechanics panel beaters, basically businesses where you get the um, your hands get dirty to more of a breweries, barbershops, um, big fashion, like retail, Gym. gyms, a lot of gyms, um, coffee roasters. We've seen a lot, a lot of gyms going, and they, hey, gyms are like coffee shops. They never go out of business. Yeah. They just keep, keep multiplying like crazy, and they keep doing well, all these gyms and all these coffee shops. Crazy. Yes. So we saw a big shift that people, instead of taking a building for a mechanic shop, they're taking a building for a brewery, they're taking uh, for coffee roastery. That's because off the back of this Brookvale master plan, that was sort of the direction you could see the government wanted Brookvale to go in, even though nothing had changed. But over, like if you come here on a Saturday, um, there's like 10 or 12 breweries that you can basically do a pub crawl. And there's it's crazy. more. It is more on a coming. weekend. Yeah, for people that don't know, get down to Brookvale on a Saturday and Sunday and all you do is walk from beer brewery to beer brewery. They feed you as well. Uh, you try all different beers from all different all different um, distillers and have an absolute ball, safe, on foot, plenty of parking. Uh, it's gone bananas down at Brookvale. And also there's a lot of really cool Harley-Davidson motorbike shops, panel shops, Makes it all a bit gritty and cool down there, but but they've got some really good height allowance that are come that's coming through its master plan, which is good for the suburb. Yeah. Ah, Katrina, I remember from the school. How are you, Katrina? Having a morning hey, coffee. Katrina. Hope everyone stays warm. Yes. <laughs> Brewery. Yes. Brewing goes next to the gym. So basically, a lot of see uh, probably where a lot of I don't know false information comes from with Brookvale is a lot of people think the industrial is going to get replaced by residential. Simple answer, not happening. Um, people think Harbord Road is going to turn from industrial to residential. At the moment, no. And a lot of air, people just think Brookvale is going to get swallowed up residential. And there's a couple of things you got to consider. You, uh, an, an area, an economy, a society, the Northern Beaches bubble, we need we need commercial. You need places to get your car fixed. You need places for things to be manufactured. And people need jobs, local jobs. To put it in perspective, um, and what I'm going through here is the Brookvale Master Plan, which I'll put the link in so you can have a read through it, the draft. Um, Brookvale employs, so there's only about 2,000 people who live in Brookvale residents, but it employs 15,000 people. So it's a huge employer of the Northern Beaches. And if you took that away, then... So it's 10% of the population. 10% of the population. And what, you take that away, then people have to drive two hours to work because they won't be able to work in the city. They've got to go elsewhere. And then people don't like to drive an hour or two to work. So then they move out of the Northern Beaches and it becomes less desirable. Yes, you can have great lifestyle by the beach, but you need to have the basics, healthcare, education, and also um, be able to income for yourself. So a big a big shift, which maybe some people are upset, but basically what's industrial is staying industrial, but what is mixed use is getting further heights and how they're going to achieve, yeah, 14,000 
people are already employed in Brookvale. So basically from three storeys to six storeys, maybe higher, and there's only, that's basically the gist of it. Rogers Street, which was um, where opposite Cole Crawford, which was rezoned residential um, about six years ago, they will be fit. See, this is why they won't do much more Brookvale. So they did one strip of Rogers Street to rezone. There was a lot of complaints because there was mechanics behind it. And it's like, well, you know, residential mechanics, brothel technically brothel. there. <laughs> um, so in the new master plan, they've tweaked it and they'll do the one street behind it as well. Therefore, in theory, that back-to-back -back, um, streets will all be residential. Yes, across the road will be industrial, but at least you won't back on to a mechanic or a panel beater, anything so like that. So it's a bit of a planning policy mistake, isn't it, if you um – if you want it residential, so a lot of these, a lot of these industrial guys were mixed use, uh, yes. which 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 was sort of houses, shop top housing, sort of apartment upstairs and little shop, uh, little warehouse thing downstairs. These guys have got six storey allowances now. Can you imagine owning a block of land and being told you can now build six storey, boundary to boundary, you can build six storey? That's what they got on Roger Street. So. Um, what about Cole Crawford side? Is that mixed use as well? Where the car dealers are in Brookvale? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Here it is. So, so that's so, a real gentrification of a suburb as well. There's your density there. Okay. So this is of this. So just to go through, I'll go back to the main page. Yeah. So there's people on Roger Street. It is. So just to go back here to let everyone know. I've put the link in there, Brookvale Structural Plan. There's a few steps. There's a revised plan. Basically, here, if you go lower, these are the steps, the timeline. You generally get a structure plan, then it gets assessed, and then there's like a community exhibition where everyone can put in their comments. And what you see a lot in this exhibition is people who missed out. Like, let's say the next-door neighbour got the rezone proposal. They didn't. Everyone submits and goes, it would be so much better for the community if my block's included. And it's like, why? Because yeah, the, the zoning losers turn up, the zoning winners don't turn up. Yeah, so a lot of that happens. And I'm going through that now with someone at the moment. And the big thing was, like, if I show you Roger Street on a map and what I mean by the blocks behind, if we go here, and this is what people need to understand, a big thing. Because if you like, if you started rezoning Brookvale behind Pitwater Road, where do you stop? Because you're almost always going to have someone complain that there's a loud business working 24 hours. So, that is the screen still shared? Yeah. Yep. Cool. So basically, you got Pitwater Road here, which will go to potentially six stories, doubling in height. But then they rezoned this street here on the left. So let me move what that. Street's out. Roger Street. It might be better to do it like this. So they rezoned this street on the left here of Roger Street coming off Pitwater Road, which was industrial. The street behind it is industrial. Like you've got URM rubbish removals here. So, like, they want, and then they did that street, and instantly everyone on this side sort of wanted to be in the zoning, but everyone who did buy in the apartments was complaining that they've got. Noisy. It's like people who moved next to Luna Park and then complained that there's rides and there's noise, yeah. basically. 
Um, so exactly what it is. you've got to be mindful of it. With this registry, it was either do all of it or do none of it. And I think council have realised that with the plan. So there's pockets like if you look here, Pitwater Road, like there's people who are on the one block behind the main block. So that this building on the corner, six storeys, residential. Building behind it, industrial. So they're like, well, we could be included. They could do a bigger development. And it's like, well, yes, but if you do that, then the block behind you says the same thing. Then you do, and then you do that, the block behind them, block behind. Before you know it, you're out, you've almost got to do the whole block. And where does it stop? So now, if you're trying to work this out for yourself on a suburb that you're in Sydney, you've got to look at the principle of a circus tent. Um, a circus tent uh, starts off really high in the middle, then goes down and then graduates outwards. So whenever you look at planning policies and, and um, uh, when they're looking at doing density in suburbs, they'll always apply that that circus tent um, theory. It will never start off like that, go down like that. It starts off heavier and then goes out. In addition to that, if you're trying to work out what's happening, they like to graduate the change of density. So the, the, the most dense or the most height and the most hardcore they will graduate outwards with less. And if they've got a break like a street, that's a big win. So, when, Michael, you were talking about Roger Street. And then the, what's the street behind Roger? Dale. Dale Street. They didn't They didn't actually have a separation between the residential and the industrial uh, at all. So now that when that revision that they've put through, they've actually put it in, they've, the street has, has actually... Um, marked the change of of, uh, of density, the actual street, rather than a boundary. Because having your boundary up against a, your house up against a service station or having your house um, up against a townhouse unit block is is very different. So they, they like to graduate that outwards, and that's what's happened on Roger Street. And if people are trying to work that out in Sydney, it helps you a little bit. Yeah, and um, it's tough with timing because... Whatever my biggest advice, whatever they say the timing is, triple it. If they say two years, it'll be six. If they say three years, it'll be nine. Like state state government, um, French's Forest, for anyone familiar, my understanding is state government now is taking stepping in, taking it off council's hands because it's still not done. Um, you, you know so, what? And something, something people got to understand. Um, yeah, no one wants to make a decision because their job's on the line. You know, yep. so with with these with these councillors that are making decisions, they would rather the matter be heard in land environment court, and a big bad judge makes the decision, and he's got his job, and that's not questioned, rather than a council member who's uh, who's, who's who's getting paid whatever, having to be forced to make the decision and be put in the firing line by the community and fired. So well, uh, it just it does take time. Good point. You almost rather another local commun uh, local um, council do it. So there's two things to it. You're almost rather a, a, a third party local council do it because then 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 they're not worried about their local um, people whinging about it, and then you end up get the result. Nothing, nothing happens for twenty years. But then you want your local people doing it because they know what the local area want. But they've yeah. got no backbone. They've got no backbone to do stuff. And what's happened no. in French's Forest? There was a lot of companies, a lot of developments 
who were like, yeah, we're happy to build here, we'll help, there's contributions. And then they've been screwed around for a minimum eight, 10, 10 years, they've all pulled out, nothing's happened. And people don't talk, people obviously think, oh, greedy developer, that's the incentive. But how many homeowners, Mark, have been burnt? They were going to make a move, they've been delaying, they've been delaying. And that move wow. they weren't going to do because their kids were at school. They're finished school, they're out of school. They held on yeah. because of again, false advice. They've either undersold their property or or got into a bad deal because they'll wait for rushing stuff. It's, it's yeah, well, whatever people think developers buying, win, local if people... If you're buying for more. a zoning change, if you're buying for a zoning change, you're playing Russian roulette. Yeah. That's right. I went long. Long. <laughs> you love it. I love uh, it. Thanks, everyone. everyone. So have a great day. Hopefully we helped you talking about... Rukavale zoning changes for a suburb and uh, have a great day. Yeah, thanks. Good to see you watching Cat. Cheers. Bye.